The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Jesus and his disciples arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As Jesus stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times that it seized him, he was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? And he said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine. And the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swine herd saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home. And declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. The Gospel of the Lord. As a deer longs for running water, so our souls long for you, O God. Amen. Amen. When I left church on Thursday afternoon... I took back roads to get around the Route 2 Big Dig, and as I emerged to stay on Lexington Road at the Route 2 bypass, I passed a man in khakis and a polo shirt walking down the side of the road, talking on his iPhone, and carrying a seven or eight foot tall wooden cross. It rested on his shoulder, the shoulder opposite the cell phone, and the bottom of the cross rolled behind him on a small wheel, which was decorated with an American flag. I see a couple nods. I think he's been seen by others. I have no idea what this man's story is, or who he was on the phone with, or where he was coming from, or where he was headed to, but I do know that Christianity can at times seem very bizarre. And few Gospels illustrate the bizarre quality of Christ's work more than today's Gospel. 
Jesus and his friends get lost at sea after a storm, and they come ashore in the country of the Gerasenes, where they come upon a man possessed by a legion of demons. The demons, through the voice of the man, beg Jesus to leave them alone, or at least spare them, by letting them inhabit a herd of pigs since they seem to know that they are about to be banished from inhabiting a human. Jesus, therefore, releases the man of his longtime spiritual parasites, and they spook their way into the pigs, who respond by throwing themselves into the water where they drown. I wasn't allowed to watch horror films as a child, but I was allowed to read the Bible. (laughs) Go figure. Now, do you ever get the sense that often when something seems really bizarre, a closer look reveals something very deep and important? I will likely never know the deep and important thing that the guy with the cross on Lexington Road was up to. But I want to look more closely at the pigs and the demons. We are not a denomination that spends a lot of time talking about demons and evil spirits and spiritual warfare. Not directly, anyway. But we do talk about inner turmoil, emotional baggage, addiction, illness, suffering, agony, woundedness. We have a long list of things that hurt us, possess us, that even define us that may in fact be demons of a sort, things that perhaps we'd like to have taken out of and away from us. There is something extreme and satisfying about the story of the demons and the pigs, something cathartic to imagine Christ coming ashore in our lives when we are feeling the most tortured, There is something grace-filled about imagining him banishing our demons from us. Something so satisfying about imagining the things in us that we wish we could wish away, being sent away to possess a herd of pigs. And every good Jew, or Greek for that matter, knew that demons cannot swim. So we know that when the demons, the pigs, plunge themselves into the ocean, that the forces of destruction that inhabited them died, and evil was rendered powerless. It's a powerful thing to imagine, no matter what has a hold on us, but it is also a very scary thing. And indeed, we learn that the people of the village where the pigs drowned were afraid, and they sent Jesus away. Of course, they could have sent Jesus away simply because he indirectly killed their pigs. But then again, pigs were unclean, and pig herders were not much respected. Which makes me wonder, what was actually going on for these people? Could it be that they were comfortable with their village ways? with the presence of a possessed man who needed their care, who needed to be chained up, guarded, fed, and hunted down when he got away? Could it be that his extreme dysfunction 
help them to avoid looking inward at their relatively less significant dysfunction? Could it be that they knew who he was and who they were in relation to him, and that his being healed turned their reality all asunder and pushed them off balance? Could it be that we sometimes do this too? Perhaps we have learned how to operate with our own particular dysfunction, or as a member of a wounded family system, or in the grip of addiction, or in the abyss of unattended grief. Perhaps we are paralyzed in our very real agony, and we just can't find the strength and the courage and the sense of possibility, hope, to pray for change, to go to therapy, or Al-Anon, or AA, or call that advocacy hotline, or show up for healing prayer, or even just find a friend and speak the truth and cry. How do we get so trapped? And how do we get out? I know two things about pain and addiction and other hurts that haunt us. One, I know that alone we are powerless to the thing that has a grip on us. And two, that we need to rely on a very present and available higher power. I've learned these two things from friends who faithfully work their 12-step programs. From friends who have been abused and could not realize the reality of God's unbounded love for them until they saw their need for God and God's presence with them. And I continue to learn these two things from my own healing processes as a wounded member of humanity. Now, the things that have a grip on us aren't always traumatic. Neurosurgeon Eben Alexander lived his life sure that everything could be figured out and could fit within the bounds of the very real brilliance of science. He was sure that anything not contained in material matter we hum- that we humans tend to believe in is a mirage, an invention of the amazing organ of the brain. Like most of us, a truncated sense of reality had a grip on Eden. But then, he went brain dead for a week. And while his brain was unfunctional, He experienced a realm of love and light where he knew he was in the presence of his creator, a force of love that he still refers to as Om. He wrote a book entitled Proof of Heaven about his experience. Now, no book or sermon or class was going to help even to be released from his one-dimensional take on reality. He had to find himself in the presence of a loving God and surrender to God's unbounded love. The Galatians, who were on the receiving end of the letter we heard in today's second reading, they also needed to be pulled out of themselves in order to be open to a bigger reality. 
When Paul wrote that in Christ there will be no Jew or Greek, no slave or free, no male or female, he wasn't necessarily saying that we would be deprived of our human identity, though I do hope that no one lives by the identity of slave. He was saying that our identities were inconsequential to the fact that we are God's beloved, all of us, and that we need to get outside our human bindings in order to see something bigger, in order to surrender to God's unbounded love. Getting outside ourselves and also clearly seeing who we really are as God's own beloved, this is pretty scary stuff, actually. I think of Elijah, as we heard about him today, in the wilderness. Standing on a mountain, he witnesses a rock-splitting wind, an earthquake, a fire, and then a profound silence. It was the silence and not the violent chaos that made him cover his face in fear because it was in the silence that God resided. When God shows up and we are open, I believe we are healed. And when we are healed, we are changed. Whether we are healed through medical intervention or counseling or through another person or through death, we are not the same on the other end of divine intervention. And change is scary. The freedom we find in opening ourselves up to God's unbounded love can be scary. So much so that one village, more than one village in the gospel, has sent Jesus away. And then, talk about fear-induced bad choices, they crucified him. I don't think any of us can be truly free from whatever has wounded or grabbed hold of us in this tumultuous world when we respond only out of fear. I don't think we can be free to bask in the light of how really incredible life is unless we allow God to wrap us in healing love and pull us out of fear into a bigger reality. Unless we allow God into us to pull whatever grit and grime is eating away at us out and send it over a cliff to drown in the sea. And allowing God in is really all we have to do. The possessed man allowed Jesus in. Even Alexander did not resist his journey to the gates of heaven. And I have seen countless other brave souls courageously open themselves up to the divine. It will always be easier to stay stuck in our fears and wounds and demons. And... It will always be more joy-filled, more love-filled, and more life-filled to allow God to pull us into something bigger. Amen.